What's going on, guys? This is Mike Taglier from the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. You're listening to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. This is hands down one of the worst shows I've ever listened to. Hello and welcome into the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. Joining me today, as always, is the co-commission, Matt. How are you doing, Matt? I am good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, just recorded an episode of Champions Dynasty League Podcast with Nate Molinay and Matt Kendall, which is available right now. Got that edited and out there for everybody's listening pleasure. So I'm doing great. Is that the one recapping our, our draft? It is. So if you haven't heard it yet, uh, we kind of talked about your roster, your draft, and kind of how things went. So oh, I did hear it. That's why I'm bringing up the Cam Akers, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, Devontae Smith action. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, we're up to dozens and dozens of listeners now. So, you know, as we rise to stardom, is there anything you miss about being just a regular dude? Um, No, I hated no. being a regular dude. I love being a celeb. <laughs> uh, I get I get like one dude with a, f- a camera phone outside my apartment every day. He says yeah. he works for TMZ, but he has no credentials. <laughs> so I just uh, keep the keep the blinds closed and we're good. We're covered. Yeah, for me, it's also got to be the paparazzi. They don't follow me, but when they start creeping around with their cameras and their annoying questions, I'm sure I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. Like I used to like judge Hillary Duff because Hillary Duff is like has like is classically known for having run-ins with paparazzi. And now I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand what she's going through. And yeah. shout out Hillary Duff, you the you the true MVP. Yeah, we can relate now with Hillary Duff, Taylor Swift, and celebrities on that level. So Yes. All right, on tap for today's episode, we have some NFL news and notes, our first half PPR mock draft, and the 1994 installment of our Nostalgia segment. So let's get right into it with some NFL updates. And a couple of these aren't new. They're not late-breaking. We're just playing catch-up. So the first transaction we have is former Steelers running back James Conner signing a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Thoughts? It tells me that the uh, Arizona Cardinals are not happy with Chase Edmonds. They traded for Drake, and then you thought, all right, and then Chase Edmonds was kind of taking over Drake at the end of last year. Drake mm-hmm. leaves, and then instead of waiting for the draft, they promptly signed James Conner. Um, I still think it's kind of a, a dart throw at the board because James Conner hasn't really shown much over the last season and a half. Uh, there's been some injury stuff, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Kendall mentioned that on the last episode of Champions Dynasty League. He he predicts Conner will be injured by week two, I believe, so... Uh, I think it's a committee. If he stays healthy, it's a full-blown committee. So He says that because he picked Chase Edmonds not knowing that James Conner was on the Cardinals. I listened to the podcast. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He's like, well, never mind. Conner will be injured by week two, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't want to change his take. It's just yeah. uh, lazy podcasting on his part. Uh, yeah. Next story we have here is former Dolphins and the aforementioned Arizona Cardinal running back Kenyon Drake signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. So are you concerned at all about Josh Jacobs' usage uh, going forward? No, no more than I was before. I, I mean, it. They are what we thought they were. John Gruden's a lying son of a bitch, he and he's never going to give us the. You know what? I honestly think maybe they're trying to lengthen out the career of Josh Jacobs. So from a, they want to keep him around. I mean, obviously they like him. The fans like him. He's probably the staple point of that team outside of Darren Waller offensively. Yeah. Um, so I guess you get another guy in there to give him some some breaks here. Every once in a while on some passing downs, not a bad idea. Yeah, we're never going to get the Josh Jacobs we deserve. Seems like there's always like a Jalen Richard or, you know, a Washington or a Drake in the backfield just to take away that passing work. So, you know, for PPR's sake, he's always suffering just a little bit from that aspect. 
there's a chance we could maybe they know something we don't injury. I don't know. I mean, maybe he just gets tired faster, gets injured. Uh, maybe we would never have gotten him. I'm, you know, not everyone can be Derrick Henry. So, I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. That's a fair statement. Fair statement. All right. Uh, third piece of news here we have is Juju signs a one year deal to stay in Pittsburgh. So, is this good or bad for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? I think it's good. I think Juju's still going to take first corner dibs until teams get until unless you know it's i would say it would take a few games for defense of coordinators to catch up seeing that juju's not really doing much and claypool's rushing for four jet sweep touchdowns and, and Dante johnson's got <laughs> 10 catches for 180 yards uh i we'll see man they have no run game so it's gonna be all passing unless they draft a running back in the first round which we you know we can go into a whole debate about how terrible that is for your franchise but yeah i <laughs> I, I think it's fine for them. I think they were good last year. They'll just be fine this year as well. I think it's good for those guys. And I think it makes sense for Juju, you know, reduced salary cap in 2021. So he'll look for something a little more lucrative uh, going forward next year as that salary cap uh, opens back up. And then the final thing I have and the most recent piece of news is the Kansas City Chiefs trading for tackle Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens. And in that deal, the Chiefs send the 31st pick in this year's draft, a 2021 third and fourth, and a fifth round pick in next year's draft. The Chiefs receive Brown, the 58th overall pick for this year's draft, and then a sixth rounder for 2022. So the entire Chiefs starting offensive line will be new going into 2021. Uh, Joe Tooney, Kyle Long, Austin Blythe from the Rams, Orlando Brown now, and then a couple guys who opted out of 2020 expected to compete for that last starting spot. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, obviously they're all in as they should be. They were an offensive line away from competing in the yeah. Super Bowl, possibly winning. I mean, they didn't really compete, but you can make the argument that, that offense has been prolific without injuries with a good offensive line. They might have put up more of a show. So um, I think it's smart for the short term, long term. They're going to have some contract issues coming up in a few years. I mean, yeah. they've got a lot of high profile offensive linemen and you're paying a lot of money to three dudes is going to be an issue. But that's a yeah. problem for 2022 Chiefs, not. 2021 Chiefs. Yes, kick that can down the road. Uh, I believe they can do enough on defense. You know, this was a glaring weakness, the offensive line in the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, with their injuries. And they did something about it, right, in a big way. So I'm looking forward to what it means for the run game and then how it holds up in pass protection next year as they face some of those teams like Tampa Bay who can really bring it. You know, they'll have an offseason program this year versus not having one last year and then a preseason to kind of build some chemistry. But the whole group is new. So, you know, that would be my only concern there. I think it also says a lot about the draft that they predict to happen in the first round. They, they're they predicting a lot of offensive linemen to go before pick 31. I think if you think that someone might fall to you at pick 31, you don't make this trade, but you see kind of the writing on the wall, a lot of question marks about defensive players. I think a lot of offensive guards and tackles are going to go early, um, prompting them to make this move so that they make sure that they're covered. Yeah, they're locked up now. They're, they're solid, so looking forward to that. But let's go ahead and move on. Now, next up is one of our favorite things to do on the show, and that's a mock draft. We did a half PPR mock draft that mirrored our home league's roster. So single quarterback, two wide receiver, two running back, tight end, and then two flex spots. So wide receiver, running back, tight end in those. And then we went ahead and threw five bench spots in. This draft featured Matt and myself and then a special guest, Brandon Beisner. And as always, we randomized the draft order. I ended up with the 10th pick. Brandon got the 7th pick. And then Matt, you somehow mysteriously locked in the number one overall pick. So who'd you take? CMC, Christian McCafferty, uh, don't want to overthink this. Injuries, sure. Uh, you like to see him take an offensive lineman at pick eight. That'd be nice. And, you know, hopefully Sam Darnold can be somewhat competent. He's going to have a good year if, that, if those two things happen. So, Yep, no brainer here. Uh, next off the board was Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, 
Alvin Kamara and then Beisner with his first pick took Tyreek Hill. Nick Chubb was next, Jonathan Taylor, and then I was up at the 110. And I went ahead and took, I felt like, the next best wide receiver on the board and DeAndre Hopkins. So I have no issues with A.J. Green signing in Arizona. I think he's kind of washed. I think Larry Fitzgerald has retired or is retiring. So the targets are going to be plentiful, maybe a little extra chemistry. But Kyler Murray will help bolster his numbers going into 2021. Next off the board was Ezekiel Elliott. And then on the turn, we had Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs, Travis Kelsey. And then I was back up at the 2-3. And I added another wide receiver in DK Metcalf. So the dude is massive. He is probably the 1A there in Seattle, but I love the volume. I love the touchdown upside. So no issues taking Hopkins and Metcalf here. We'll talk to strategy uh, here in a little bit. Next off the board was Aaron Jones, James Robinson, and then Beisner took his second wide receiver in Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins, Julio Jones, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Patrick Mahomes, so first quarterback off the board. And then Matt, you were up at the 212. Who'd you take? I took the kneecap-biting running back DeAndre <laughs> Swift from nice. the great city of Detroit. Yes, I took DeAndre Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, he's he's biting other running backs' kneecaps? Is that I, what no, they're doing? No, he's biting defensive players' kneecaps as they're trying oh, to strip okay. back him on the ground. Gotcha. And no one's going to want to tackle him. I don't tackle that guy. He'll bite your kneecaps <laughs> off. They coach it. They coach it. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, man, DeAndre Swift was looking to get an RB2, um, and he flashed extremely high numbers at the end of last season, and you, you're going to think that they're going to keep that going. Goff's in there. He's a game manager, not a game breaker, so they're going to lean on that run game. If they're going to have any success, I don't think that they're going to have much, but if they're going to have any success this year, <laughs> it's going to be on the back of DeAndre Swift. So I agree with you. And then at the 3-1, you're on the turn here, so who'd you take with your second pick there? Antonio Gibson, um, another young, exciting running back playing for the Washington football team club whatever you want to call them um fitzpatrick's their quarterback for now unless they do something to draft but even if they do something to draft fitzpatrick will be the starter for yep. at least the first half of the season agree and uh that defense is stacked so what are they going to do they're going to run the ball like they're going to have he's going to have a good year i i honestly see him being an rb1 by the end of the season bold take i like it next off the board at the three two was clyde edwards hilaire mike evans chris godwin stefan diggs lamar jackson so second quarterback there and then Beisner went ahead and took his first running back in Cam Akers, A.J. Brown, Adam Thiel, and then I was up. Couldn't turn down the value here, so I went ahead and drafted Calvin Ridley. So I think news broke yesterday, or maybe it was today, that Julio Jones is available to trade. So he gets volume when Julio's on the field. I can only imagine the volume he'd get if Julio was not on the field for 17 games. So love the opportunity here to draft Calvin Ridley, and I love the pick. It's uh yeah, Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley, even if Julio stays the whole year, I think Calvin Ridley will t overtake him. Even if they both play all 16 games, I think Calvin Ridley will produce more. He's just at that. He's the up and coming star. Julio Jones is on the decline. Um, but there's a good chance that the Falcons trade him because of their salary cap woes. It's interesting if they're going to they're gonna try to lock in some sort of trade before draft so that they know what they want to do, but they can't officially do until after June 1st so that they can save on the cap. It's really – I looked into this. So if you see them take Jamar Chase at pick four, which is possible, it's because they know they have a team locked and loaded to take Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. If they take Kyle Pitts or trade back, then there's a good idea that Julio is going to stay and then that they're not sure that they're going to find a destination for him. So yeah, food for thought. All good. So three wide receivers for me so far. Next off the board at the – 3-11 was Amari Cooper on the turn, George Kittle and Allen Robinson. And then at the 4-2, Kenny Galladay came off the board. And then I was up again, and I took last year's stud rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. So four wide receivers, hint, hint, I'm doing something here with my draft. Uh, next off the board at the 4-4 was Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, and then Beisner took his third wide receiver in Keenan Allen. So lots of targets there. Love the PPR upside for Keenan Allen. Najee Harris, Kenyon Drake, Cooper Cup, 
Mark Andrews, Jamar Chase, and then Matt at the 412 and 51. Who'd you take? I uh, went back to back running backs. Hint, hint. There's a there's a theme here. Five running backs in five rounds. Um, first at the 412, I took Javante Williams, rookie running back. Um, projects really high. I th- so there's there's argument between him, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. I think Javante Williams might land with a better team because um, I think he's going to be the second or third running back to come off the board. I think he'll end up in a better situation. Therefore, I think he's going to have a good season. So wanted to get wanted to you know throw a dart at the board. And then James Conner um, signed to that offense. I, look, they're if they signed, if the Cardinals signed James Conner, we can talk about it. I don't think they're happy with Chase Edmonds. That offense is going to be prolific. Um, so want to maybe get my foot in the door there. Something magical could happen. Yeah, lots of running backs there. Lots of depth for you. Uh, this is a league that starts two running backs and has two flexes. So, you know, you're covered with these guys. You'll be able to start four out of the five. So I love it so far. And I can trade him to Brandon Beisner when he finds out the Cam Akers isn't good at football. <laughs> oh, don't say that. That's blasphemy. All right, next off the board at the 5-2 was DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Trevor Lawrence, really early for him, Odell Beckham Jr., and then Beisner took Darren Waller. So a tight end that I probably would have looked at if he was available, but he went ahead and snagged him. Devontae Smith at the 5-8, Zach Ertz. And I took my first running back. So I was getting desperate here. I think I took my next two picks kind of backwards. I think if I could have done it again, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have risked leaving the, my six round pick on the board. But I took Leonard Fournette. So getting a running back who showed that he can produce at the end of last season and then in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. You know, Fournette was the guy. He's been the guy in Jacksonville, you know, in years past. So I need the production. Hopefully he can give it to me. I so love Fournette. But the next pick is who I think I would have chosen up yeah. before that. Um, not the not your your next pick, and also the pick right after you. I probably would have taken Melvin Gordon over for. I mean, I love Fournette. Don't get me wrong, but Melvin Gordon looks like he's going to be by himself in that backfield. So Philip Lindsay's out of town. I think he's in Houston, so he's going to get some volume. Can he stay healthy? That's probably another question. But at the five eleven was Melvin Gordon, and then on the turn, David Johnson, and then Deshaun Watson. So at the six two, Tyler Lockett came off the board. I took David Montgomery at the six three. So getting in another running back who's going to get uh, some volume there i know Tariq cohen's back you know andy dalton's in town but the offense shouldn't change they should still have that run uh first identity so i do like david montgomery i don't think his ceiling is going to be the same this year as it was last year i think last year was his ceiling but i just need some carries i need a couple touchdowns with this roster full of wide receivers and i think i'll be good next off the board was robert woods kareem hunt Miles Gaskin for Beisner. So we can talk about our strategies at the end of this, right? I went running back heavy. You went zero RB, and Beisner went irrelevant RB. I don't, <laughs> I like it. Irrelevant RB. That's a new one. I like that. All right. T.Y. Hilton was next. Raheem Mostert at the 6 8. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, back to back quarterbacks there at the 9 and 10. Rashad Bateman, very early for a rookie there at the 6 11. And then at the 6 12 and 7 1, Matt, you were up. Who'd you take? Uh, I need to get some wide receivers. Um, I started to panic. I was like, man, I got five running backs and wide receivers are flying off the board. But guess what? The wrong wide receivers were flying off the board. Yeah. Rashard Bateman, T.Y. Hilton. What? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are they going before my next two picks, which were Scary Terry McLaurin and DJ Chark? Young guys, sure, but they're the alpha wide receivers on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which, Terry McLaurin, spoiler alert, I think he's going to be a, t- a number a wide receiver one, top 12 next year. And then Chark will probably slot in, in the top 20. So um, I went running back heavy, zero wide receiver for the first five rounds and still ended up with two really good wide receivers. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thrilled. Yeah, say what you want about those guys' performances last year, but... But going into 2021, they both got upgrades or they're both going to get upgrades uh, at quarterback. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. And then you already mentioned Fitzpatrick uh, there in Washington. So I like it. At the 7-2, Devin Singletary, Jalen Waddell, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, 
And then Beisner took his fourth wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. So a guy who I believe his ADP will start to creep up draft boards as people realize his ACL is intact and he is still probably the number one target there in Denver. Marquise Hollywood Brown, Justin Fields, who went before this next pick, which is curious. Uh, I was up at the 710 and I took Dak Prescott. So a quarterback who can finish as the top five, yet he was the ninth quarterback off the board. So his leg didn't fall off. It's still there. <laughs> And he's going to put up a lot of numbers there. He's got a lot of mouths to feed and a bad defense to still carry. So love that he was available and I compare him with these four wide receivers. So I pulled the trigger. Yeah. These AIs on the sleeper app are sleeping, man. <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> put the sleeping sleeper. Yeah. Those are good. All right. Next off the board was Todd Gurley. No team yet, but the AI thinks he's going to get signed. Mark Ingram on the turn with AJ Green, Aaron Rodgers at the eight, two. And then I went ahead and locked in my, Tight end, one here in TJ Hawkinson. So again, I like to have Darren Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews to lock in that positional advantage. But if I can't hit on those guys, I don't mind having Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, because I think those guys that are you know in that next tier or maybe the third tier if you have Travis Kelsey by himself. Yeah, you have the sure things, right? And then you have talented guys with upside, and then it's really what you have to settle on. And then you just have to be aggressive with the waiver wire when like a Robert Tanyan shows up. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta be. Yeah, or Logan Thomas. I think he yeah. was a top yeah. top six or top seven tight end last year. But all right, next off the board was Kenneth Gainwell at the eight four. Rondale Moore, Ronald Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, James White, T Higgins, and then at the eight twelve and the nine one. Matt, who'd you take? Needed to shore up some wide receiver. Obviously, I only had two to this point, uh, so I took Michael Gallup first. I'm I'm high on Michael Gallup, probably more off more than some. Um, I realize that they have Mark Cooper still there. Obviously, CD Lamb is the new shiny toy. Gallup had some pretty good numbers last year when Dak was on the field. He's going to be the deep threat, and I think defensive coordinators are going to key in on Amari Cooper and CD lamb and Michael Gallup's fast as shit. So I think he's going to get some play. It might be a flex option for me by week filling. Um, and then next up, I got Deontay Johnson, your boy, Deontay Johnson <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Super talented has, you know, we've talked about it a million times, has a little bit of drop issues, but those things are yeah. correctable. Um, you can't coach getting open. You can't coach the body and, and uh, big Ben loves him. So I think a uh, solid pick for me is my wide receiver four. All right, next off the board at the 9-2 was Brandon Cooks, Matt Breida, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Marlon Mack, and then Beisner took his quarterback here in Tom Brady. So the GOAT, I think he was the 7th or 8th ranked quarterback in 2020, so not bad there. This is not Dynasty. It's just redraft. So at the 9-8, Brevin Jordan, Pat Fryermuth, so two tight ends who are well behind Kyle Pitts on the prospect list. The AI feels really good about those guys, so <laughs> uh, I was up here at the 9-10, and I took... I feel like is the number two, maybe new number one wide receiver in Dallas and CD Lamb. Matt left him on the board. He chose Michael Gallup over CD Lamb. You ready for this hot take? I got some value. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Gallup's gonna have a better season than CD Lamb. Is that another bet? No, I didn't see CD Lamb was on is the board. Is that another truffle shuffle? Is that a truffle shuffle bet? I would have took CD Lamb. I didn't realize he was still on the board. <laughs> Sleeper app is sleeping, and then you don't imagine people are still gonna be where they're at, and then they are, yeah. and then you're like, shit, should have been driving a forklift. Damn it. I've noticed the ADP for CD Lamb is low. Uh, you'll notice if you've been listening to a couple of these mock drafts, uh, he's been pretty low on the boards. He'll climb. That'll correct itself. But I was able to steal him here as my fifth wide receiver. So no complaints from me. And if you're in the 58 Whisking, you know, league, you're not going to get CD Lamb no. drafted the second round by Josh Callis. So Absolutely. 100%. All right. Next <laughs> off the board was Emmanuel Sanders. And then on the turn, Matt Ryan and Jordan Howard. 
And then at the 10-2, Debo Samuel. And then I went ahead and grabbed my second quarterback in Justin Herbert, just in case Dak isn't healthy or maybe he's slow you know, to get back up to speed there in Dallas. Uh, offensive line may need to work on some chemistry, got to work out some of those injuries. So Justin Herbert's kind of my insurance there for this team. Next off the board was Marvin Jones. Who? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. And then Tariq Cohen. And then Beisner took his favorite, favorite running back. He always has to draft in Philip Lindsay. He's in Houston now, so not sure what they're doing down there. I don't think they know what they're doing down there. Is Houston even going to play games? I don't even think they're going to play football games this year. <laughs> I think they're going to chalk those. They're going to give those as wins. You know, like when you played Little League in a small town and your squad only had eight players on the team. Mm-hmm. And then you played the game, but like they didn't, didn't count it. It was an <laughs> expedition and you got the you got the L. That's what's going to happen with Houston. That's the direction they're headed. 100%. All right. At the 10-7, Hunter Henry. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, and then at the 10, 12, and 11, 1. Matt, you were back up. Uh, so if you're going to go zero RB, wide receiver, whatever your strategy is, if you're going to go quarterback late, I recommend throwing darts. So you'll see in the next two picks, I threw, I, I drafted two quarterbacks. I felt strongly about the rest of my team. I uh, wanted to attack the quarterback position. So I got Carson Wentz, who I'm an Eagle homer. Carson Wentz did great things for me at some point. I know he doesn't play for them anymore. He has a great offensive line. Um, he's got a good running game. He should have a much more productive season than he had last year. I don't know if he's going to crack the top 12, but he, in my opinion, he was one of the best ones on the board. Um, also, if the Colts came a knocking for Julio Jones, which why the hell wouldn't you? Honestly, why wouldn't you? You need wide receiver help. You're not drafting at the top end of the first round. Why not go out and maybe try to sign Julio and give Carson his best chance to be productive? Just a thought because Frank Wright can see it. Frank Wright's best seasons – were Carson Wentz best seasons and it's when he um and this is PFF's numbers not mine he had a top 10 run blocking team top 10 offensive pass blocking team and a top 10 wide receiver crew in 2017 his MV caliber season so uh you think they would want to help him out so I'm going Carson Wentz there and then coming back around Joe Burrow I understand his knee looks like uh like Ghost Rider starring Nicolas Cage I understand that's an issue but um he will heal up if they they need to sign Penny Sewell I'm tired of this Jamar Chase bullshit um I I you I don't care it's his college wide receiver cool if he gets hit two seconds after he gets the fucking ball doesn't matter who's catching balls they need to sign penicillin they probably won't it is what it is um, but i took joe burrow so moving on i love the takes there you did your homework and i love it all right at the 11 2 chase claypool michael carter tevin coleman latavius murray Kadarius tony and then beisner locked in his second tight end and noah fant terrence marshall henry ruggs and i was up again so continue to pad my wide receiver depth and drafting Brandon Ayuk. So great rookie campaign. Uh, I think that will continue into 2021. And then at the 11-11, Jared Cook on the turn, carry on Johnson, Jerry Judy at the 12-2, Sony Michelle. And then I was up here, only had two running backs on the roster. And Atlanta currently, I believe, only has Mike Davis, Quadrell Allison. And Cordero Patterson. So I went ahead and took Mike Davis. I figure, you know, if they don't draft anybody, which I think they will, I've got a feeling, I got a hunch. We'll find out Thursday. But if they don't, he's going to get some run, and I'll be able to use him uh, throughout the season. Cordell Patterson is not a running back. He's a fast as shit wide receiver that can't <laughs> catch the ball, so he gets placed on teams as yeah. a running back, just so you, everyone's clear. Next off the board was Zach Moss, Miko Hardeman, and then Beisner took Christian Kurt, Alexander Madison, Cam Newton, Austin Hooper, Jamison Crowder, Trace Sermon, and then your last two picks, Matt, who'd you take? I took two tight ends. Again, I did not take any tight ends at the top end one, so I'm going to throw some darts. 
give myself two talented high ceiling guys as long as Kyle Pitts doesn't go to fucking Miami. And I got Mike Gesicki for the Dolphins and Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Zach Ertz is still there, yes, but Zach Ertz's connection was Carson Wentz. It's not to Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts will – it's most likely he's going to favor Dallas Goddard, who's a little bit more athletic at this stage of his career. Um, big bodies, and, you know, he's the kind of guy that can break off to the side while Hurts is running out of the pocket. Should have a good year as long as he can stay healthy and not get knocked out in a bar. Yep. Next off the board at 13-2 was Chubba Hubbard, Matthew Stafford, Darrell Henderson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sammy Watkins, and then Beisner's last pick was Tony Pollard, Zach Wilson, Sterling Shepard, and then my last pick was Damian Harris. So again, a little weak in the running back department, so a guy who can get some carries uh, up there in New England. At the 13-11, Darius Slayton, and then the last pick, Jalen Rager. So let's go ahead and summarize these rosters real quick. We'll start with mine. Obviously, I went with a zero or modified zero RB approach. Uh, at quarterback, I had Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. At running back, I had Leonard Fournette, David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Damian Harris. Wide receiver, Hopkins, Metcalf, Ridley, Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and Brandon Ayuk. And then at tight end, I only drafted TJ Hawkinson. What are your thoughts? Um, so I, I like it. I like how your team ended up. Um, I like the wide receivers. Obviously, they're bangers. Uh, running backs, even though you only got four of them, we like Leonard Fournette's upside in that offense. And if he continues to do what he did last year, he's solid. But then you got Montgomery, starter. Mike Davis, current starter. And Damian Harris, starter. Like So they're the first running back options on their team you know, for, for this point. So I think that's – even though you got them late, there still should be solid floor plays for you from a volume standpoint. So I like it. Yeah, I think in any PPR league, when you do zero RB, you want to target pass-catching running backs to kind of help you make up the difference, kind of bridge the gap a little bit. I just did not see that. I don't know if I see that, you know, in 2021. Maybe that changes, you know, after the draft. But, I mean, it dries up quick. Normally, you want to go five or six rounds without getting a running back. But if I would have done that, there would not have been a Leonard Fournette or David Montgomery, probably. So um, I think this year might be the year you don't do this approach because I, I don't like it. I love the receivers, but I do feel vulnerable uh, at the running back position for sure. We can make a trade. <laughs> we, we might have to. We <laughs> might have to. All right. So now we'll do uh, Beisner's roster before we talk about yours. Uh, at quarterback, you had Tom Brady. So that's the only one he drafted. Running back. He was able to get Cam Akers, Miles Gaskin, Mr. Irrelevant apparently, Ronald Jones, Philip Lindsay, Tony Pollard. Wide receiver he has Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, and Christian Kirk. And then at tight end, he was able to grab Darren Waller, and then he's backing him up with Noah Fant. So what are your thoughts on what Brandon did here in this draft? Balanced, right? It's the third bowl of porridge. Not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> just right um i still i think i like our teams better but it, it, there's good balance to it there's there's good depth at each position um outside of quarterback but i think tom brady's gonna have a good year so i like it lots of weapons there i think he's weak at running back you know i don't think miles gaston is going to be the guy there in miami you know last year he was and he couldn't stay on the field for 16 games so you know he has ronald jones philip Lindsay, tony pollard guys who are backups in committees or straight up handcuffs so i think that's where he's going to face some issues I, I think Lindsay could take the job from David Johnson. I'm not, I'm not crazy to think that. Not that the starting running back role in Houston's that favorable, but he could do be. it. He could do it. Fair enough. And then finally, your roster. So you already kind of mentioned you went with a running back heavy approach at quarterback. You ended up with Carson Wentz and Joe Burrow. Running back, you had Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, and James Conner. And then at wide receiver, you have Scary Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark. Michael Gallup and Deontay Johnson and tight end. You grab Mike Gusecki and Dallas Goddard. How do you feel? I, I don't feel like I would do this in a real draft, <laughs> um, but I, I was really fortunate to get 
Deontay Johnson, DJ Chark, and Scary Terry as late as I did. That's not going to happen. All yeah. three of those guys will be gone by my James Conner pick in a real draft. So it's a little misleading. So all of you guys, all of you boys and girls and whatever's out there in listening land, if you do this, and I'm not saying don't do either zero RB or zero wide receiver <laughs> approach because you can't. I feel like don't go into a draft thinking you're going to. I think that a board could fall a certain way to where mm -hmm. you pick up value. Like, look at your wide receivers, look at some of my top end running backs, and then just know that, okay, so most of these guys are going to hit. I'm going to need to be trade heavy in the first couple of weeks mm -hmm. <clears throat> or aggressively attack the waiver wire or both to try to make up some of those inconsistencies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd do it in real life. I, that, and that was going to be my comment. Like, you could not do this in our draft. You know, people. They don't even have to be listening to kind of, you know, get some insight into what our strategies are going to be. But there's no way in hell McLaurin, you know, Chark, Deontay Johnson are going to last until the sixth, uh, seventh, and ninth round. So that's just not going to happen. You'd have to find value elsewhere. So, you know, your running backs, maybe you'd be able to get those guys, but at wide receiver, you'd probably be hurting. And, you know, me and you would be working on working out some deals for sure if that was the case. Awesome. That was a fun draft. Takeaways for me, uh, we have wide receiver depth. You know, you look at this draft board, can't see it, but there's a lot of blue, right? Um, you talk about those picks you got late. You got them late because there are so many wide receivers, right? Lockett, Woods, McLaurin, all those guys went in the sixth round. Maybe they move up a little bit in a normal draft, but you can't deny the value that, you know, you were getting and I was getting here uh, in this draft. And then also Dak, Kyler, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, all those guys went in the seventh round or later. So again, you know, we've been proponents of this, but wait on a quarterback. You can, you can definitely do that. 2021 is going to be, you know, the same story. So don't draft a quarterback early. You don't have to. You really don't. If you're playing with a one quarterback lead, there are 32 starting quarterbacks, half of which are comp or competent in offenses that are going to produce. So there's that's 16 options. There's only 12 teams. Like why? Like I mean, we can. I'm sure someone's done the stats. I mean, how many people who've taken Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson's in a very competitive mm -hmm. league where people know what they're doing? How many of them have won the championship? I'm guessing not many because you just get left weak at other positions. Yeah, exactly. And look at the team that took Patrick Mahomes, their best wide receivers, DJ Moore. Not bad, but you know, they're back in DJ Moore with Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman. So if those guys do pan out, you know, it's gonna take them a while to kind of get off the ground. And the team that took Lamar Jackson, their best wide receiver is Odell Beckham Jr. So kind of a question mark there with the injury and the chemistry and then the low low passing volume uh in Cleveland with that uh offense there. So kind of something you gotta think about if you are gonna make that commitment, you know, what are at what cost, right? spending that early pick on a quarterback so any other comments on the draft before we move on uh no it was fun let's do them every week <laughs> i'm down all right guys before we time travel a little bit let's go ahead and take a quick break bud light presents real men of genius, real men of genius. today we salute you mr supermarket free sample guy mr supermarket Though man dreads few things more than a trip to the supermarket, you offer us hope and sometimes a free mini-weenie. I love that freebie-weenie. What exactly do you have? Aerosol cheese products? Deep-fried morsels? Who cares? If it's on a toothpick and it's free, it could be plutonium and we'd eat it. It's all good, baby. For a guy wearing oven mitts and an apron, you're all right. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light Titan of the toothpick because you put the free in freedom. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 
What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how did I? Nineteen ninety four. One nine nine four. That's where we're at. Welcome to our our new favorite segment, Growing Up with Matt, Tony, and Friends. No friends today, just Matt and Tony. So Tony, how you doing? How was nineteen ninety four for you? Uh it was a good year. You were thirteen. You, know, was, uh... you were growing a mustache, <laughs> beard, facial hair, armpit hair. Yeah. Uh, I was in my <laughs> I was in my fourth elementary school. Yeah, what out of five years. So I'm not sure. Uh, what my parents were thinking, you know, we were a military family, but this was all in one city. So maybe there was like a punch card or something and they got some type of like free foot long sandwich or something. If I made it through all the schools in banning, but yeah, this was, uh, this so was my on. fourth Let's different them school. Off. There, there was only four fucking elementary schools in our city. Which ones did you go to? All right. Hoffer for kindergarten. Okay. Central central for first okay. back to Hoffer Ooh. for second and third grade. And then yeah. Hemerlein all right. uh, for fourth and fifth grade. So that's four because uh, when I went back to Hoffer, we were actually at Nicolette because they were doing some renovation. So I count that as a different school entirely. As a kid, you do. It's a different place, right? Do you want to hear something crazy? Is you went to four different elementary schools in our city and you didn't go to the one that I went to. Which one did you go to? I went to Cabazon Elementary, son, right <laughs> off the freeway, home of the dinosaurs. You know, that's that, funny. That converted bomb bunker. Because that's what it was. It was two buildings that were built in that had like, the library had an underground bomb shelter yeah. and the cafeteria was like as shady as shit. And then they just surrounded it with like random playground equipment in sand. There was no grass, just sand and concrete. <laughs> and then a bunch of pop-ups, six foot chain link fences, maybe with barbed yeah. wire. And we, I lived in Cabazon. So we drove by it every day. I don't know why I didn't go to that one. I did. My grandfather taught there. So maybe my parents had already gotten the foot long sandwich. I didn't need to go to Cabazon. So I don't know that it did much for me. College dropout. So <laughs> I don't know that I learned much other than how to how to suck venom out of the rattlesnake bite. Fair enough. All right, all right. So let's go over some uh, some of 1994's lowlights because there's not a whole lot of highlights from uh, what happened in the world. So, a couple quick things that happened in 1994 that you may remember: Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan fiasco. Ooh. Don't know if you're familiar with this, but Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, figure skaters fighting for the for the 1994 Winter Olympics. Um, Tanya Harding's boyfriend and friend got a billy club and knocked in Nancy Kerrigan's knees. Now, did you watch that uh, movie? I am. I am Tanya with, um, it's a really good movie. It's very good. Um, I can't, what's the actress's name? She's in, I did recently watch uh, blades of glory <laughs> and they talk about like bashing in the knee of uh, their opponents. So I thought that was pretty funny. What's the actress's name? She was in Wolf of wall street. She's obviously in birds of prey and um, suicide squad. It's the blonde lady. Can't ugh, I'm blanking on her name. Damn it. She's in it. She plays She plays Tanya Harding. It's a really good movie. Margot Robbie. That's it. Yeah, she plays Tanya Harding. She does a really good job. It's a very good movie. I, I recommend watching it if you haven't watched it. Uh, Bill Clinton is accused of sexual harassment as the governor of Arkansas. So back in the 90s before social media where these kind of things were just, you know, just a bug on the window shield of your political career. Uh, a little different now, but he made it through. Uh, also, spoiler alert, the sexual harassment claims don't stop. You'll see in future years. Um, also, O.J. Simpson is arrested for allegedly, 
allegedly killing his wife and wife Nicole and hit her friend Mr. Goldman. And baseball strike starts in the August of 1994. So those are some, <laughs> of, some of the highlights, lowlights from, from 1994. Nice. <laughs> There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad in there. <laughs> There's a lot of bad shit. Uh, Russia attacked Sarah Chechnya. Chechnya. Russia attacked. One of those bordering countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that don't exist anymore, but kind of do. I don't know. People that live there are like, this is Chechnya. And you're like, no, it's not. It's like, mm, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, rough year, 1994. But it wasn't a rough year for music there was a lot of good albums this year what was, was your favorite album from 1994 tony so continuing with the uh rock and roll or alternative rock and roll uh that big album for me was uh, Soundgarden, super unknown So Fell on Black Days, Spoon Man, Black Hole Sun, all those songs, uh, they were on the radio uh, or on the CD player. Definitely remember that album from this year. Okay, for me, there's two CDs from this year that stick out to me. They jumped off the page. I'm going to sing my favorite song from each of them really quickly, just the beginning or parts okay. of it. Uh, first one. Look like Buddy Holly. Oh, oh, and you married Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. Yeah, Weezer's Weezer. Great album. I like. I like most of Weezer's. Yes, yeah, I like most of their songs. And I was looking at what was on this album. Oh man, some bangers. Hmm. My name is Jonas. There's a lot of a lot of good shit. And then my next one is Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. One of my favorite songs from that CD is Give Me the Loot. Give Me the Loot. It's a very inappropriate, aggressive song about <laughs> robbing rich people, but I enjoy it. So as a kid at the time, I didn't listen to those albums, but like when I was looking through the list of what came out in 94, I look, I was looking, I was like, yeah, these are great albums that I still listen to today. So definitely would be on my list if I was compiling that for, you know, today's music. Right? I listened to Weezer in 1994. I did listen to that. Album. My dad liked it. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. obviously came later as I was not introduced into hip hop until I got my own own control of the sound system because my dad is not a hip hop. <laughs> Your dad didn't listen to hip hop? <laughs> no, he will a little bit now, like newer stuff, just because it has a good beat. But yeah. even that, he's like, like we played in a golf tournament with um, uh, John Egger and Brandon Contreras and me and my father last weekend yeah. for Habitat for Humanity. And uh, we were playing like hip hop music. My dad was like, is this what we want to listen to? <laughs> like, no, we don't. Like, this is not going to change it, man. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, TV shows. What TV shows were you watching in 94? All that. So we talked about Nickelodeon having a gladiator show for kids. I'd argue that this was the SNL for kids. And I think this is where Keenan Thompson maybe got his start. Not 100%. It sure. is absolutely. But, yep. Okay. He, he got, he got a start. His career was riding high. He had a small detour when they made a full length movie of good burger. I like it, but it's not <laughs> necessarily, it's not on anybody's must watch lists of good movies from the nineties. Um, but yeah, no, that was, and then I'm pretty sure he's been on SNL since 1994. Correct. Yeah. Uh, all that was the start of his career. It was the start of, we talked about, her last Amanda Bynes was on all that. There's a couple other, yeah. a couple other people that are famous now that I, they're not that famous because I can't remember them, but they were on all that. And we liked all that. My TV show as a kid that I watched from that year. All that was my first one. My second one is ah, real monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, That's my honorable such mention. Such a weird, kooky show, but I, I just, I, I loved it, man. It was fun. It was fun. Was it the dude who like held yeah. his eyeballs up, against, up above? <laughs> I his don't head? know, man. There's a coast clear. <laughs> also, Nickelodeon. If I'm correct, man, Nickelodeon 
dominated mid nineties cartoons. They dominated the nineties. Yeah. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Honorable mentions from an adult standpoint. I did watch them in 1904. Like I remember Thursday for NBC. It was like eight o'clock friends was on. It was like eight to eight 30 friends was mm-hmm. on. I'd watch that. And then at 10 o'clock, ER would come on. And ER started this year, I believe. And it went 15 seasons. ER was a solid show. Uh, started careers for George yeah. Clooney and others. So those are uh, two other TV shows. Movies. 93 was a good year for movies. 94 was a good year for movies as well. Do you want to do what we did last time? I have a list that's broken down kid and adult. Do Did you break it down okay. either way? or No. I just have a list of uh, five. Let's go. You name them. All right. So first one, as a kid, these first... Four all for you know what I watched back then, but Little Rascals didn't make my list actually. Easy. I saw it. I'm really not a huge Little Rascals guy. There's another movie. Well, you were also watching shows like ER. There's another kid, movie that so. came out that year for kids that also started with Little that I argue is better, and it's Little Giants. <laughs> nice. So Little Giants for me. That was my number two. My Little actual Giants. number one was uh, Page Master with Macaulay Culkin. I don't know if you ever watched Page Master. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, man, it's a great movie. Macaulay Culkin plays a kid who goes to a library, and then he gets sucked into the books, and it's all cartoonish, and he like goes through famous mm-hmm. books like Moby Dick, huh. a couple other ones, but it's it's a very entertaining movie. Whoopi Goldberg, I think, is in it. A couple other good, good, movie, yeah. good people in that movie. All right, next up for you. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yep. Great movie. You know, that, that kind of comedy hits home with kids. Is it appropriate? Probably not for kids, but I thought it was hilarious. I, I watch it every now and then if it's on TV. So. Yeah, you bet your ass you do. Laces out. Uh, <laughs> Laces so out. Ace Ventura, I'm going to argue, was not his best movie of this year. I have that other movie on this list yeah, as well. Mask. Come on. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Man, Jim Carrey had a good 1994. He did. Yeah, so you said, all right, so you have Ace Ventura. We got a little mask action. What else you got? There's one that I'm not going to say until the very end, just in the hopes that it'll piss off the person that wants us to say this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one more and it's a movie that I didn't watch at the time, but like I go back now it's, it's a top five movie for me hands down. And that's the Shawshank redemption. So if you haven't watched it, I don't know where you've been. You should stop whatever you're doing right now and just go watch it. All right. It's a good movie, great acting, good storytelling. And yeah, it'll be a classic for you. And Dufresne found himself in the predicament. He wanted to build a chess <laughs> set. Anyway, uh, great, great movie. A couple other, my fa- one of my favorite movies from, one of my top five favorite movies of all time came out this year. It's Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. It's so good. Yeah. So good. There's so many. It's long. It's probably a little little too long, but it's really good. A blank check came out this year. That was a good. It was a blank check. It was a good one. It was yeah. kind of under the rug, but it was like was Sinbad in that he one? Was no Sinbad was not in blank okay. check. No, yeah, he was. There was I another guess. one. There was another one like Richie Rich or something that was kind of similar. I think Sinbad was in blank check. I think he played one of the guys trying to rob Mr. McIntosh from his money. Um, no, no, no. We need to have someone fact, someone check, fact that. check that for us. Uh, I also have Speed, Pulp Fiction. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Which is another yeah. great Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, and then yeah, I think called classic. I think that's all the movies that came out this year. I don't think there was any more movies. <laughs> I think we covered every single one of them. Every single movie <laughs> worth mentioning, unless you want to maybe mention True Lies. <laughs> or we're supposed to come to the table with one movie each, and here we are listing every feature film. From 1994. All right, Dumb and Dumber <laughs> also came out. Uh, Nate's favorite movie from 1994. That's not worth mentioning at all. Ah, I just felt like I had to say it. <laughs> it's the can makers of 1994 movies. I like it. I like it. <laughs> He's going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, new new entry into the Grown Up with Matt and Tony segment. Video games. What video games are you playing in 1994? 
This game is very controversial because it was one of the hardest games probably any kid has ever played. And that is the Lion King. And that was the hardest game I've ever played, even to this day. And I was just going back and doing like a little bit of research. And I watched a video uh, with the developer and that was by design. So they wanted to ensure, you know, people were renting video games at this point uh, in the mid nineties. So they wanted to ensure people renting the game couldn't get too far and therefore were enticed or more inclined to go out and buy it. So Fuck you, Disney. Yeah, you would go to a, you know, you would go to Video Wiz. That's where we went before Blockbuster came into town, right? Video Wiz yeah. on the south side of the sixty or south side of the ten freeway, and you'd walk down the video game aisle, and if you strayed too far, you'd be in the adult section before they put out curtains. <laughs> Terrible, like they had the kids section in the front for movies, and then they had like yeah. the video games, and then a two foot aisle, and then adult section. Um, I would always like just like walk in there, and my parents were like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I thought there were video games back here. I don't know what's going on." <laughs> Nice. So uh, for me, it was Donkey Kong Country. I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. Um, and then an honorable mention is the best arcade game of all time, at least when you were at Johnny Russo's. And that was Cruising USA, the racing game. That's where a I, was like, game. I could drive a stick. Look, I can go one, two. I can go one, two on this fake arcade game. I could drive a stick. No problem. I'm pretty sure that arcade game is like still around in arcades. It is. Like, just the console as is. No updates. Just It's just out there and kids still play. Don't it, need so. it. That's a good you one. You race under the ocean. They were far enough in the future yeah. with that plan. We're good. Uh, <laughs> any big sports moments that you remember from 1994? Nothing big here, but I do remember learning about Ken Griffey Jr. And that that sweet, that beautiful swing that he had. So, you know, I played Little League Baseball. I watched baseball when they weren't striking. And then I collected baseball cards. So, you know, knowing a name like that, kind of getting some of his cards in my collection was a big deal for me. Definitely remember that. I still have some of those cards, uh, even from way back then in my collection today. I remember being at a pizza place in Lake Arrowhead when OJ Simpson was fleeing from the police. Not technically a sports Jesus. moment, but it is the most memorable sports related thing that happened that year, I, I think. Yeah. Um, any any uh, personal stories? Any personal things that stick out in 1994, Tony? Nah, just uh, being at another school. I don't know if it helped me or like was a detriment. It's like never having like the same group of friends. But I just remember like, fuck, <laughs> my friends are at whatever school, the ones I made last year. What am I doing here? So for everybody listening, <laughs> there's apparently five... Uh, Five elementary schools in Banning <laughs> slash Cabazon. Tony went to four of them. I bet you that was a detriment to you then. But when you got to middle school, which was only two schools, because you either went to everyone's went back. To everyone's like, Tony. And you're like, what's up, bitches? And you're like, how do you know so many different people? <laughs> I'm well-read. I'm well-traveled. What's up? <laughs> For me, it was the first time I went on a cruise ship with my grandparents, Papa, Oma, who turned 91 yesterday, same day as me on my birthday with the same birthday. Um, so they took me on several cruises when I was young, which I'm very thankful for and fortunate to have seen some cool places. Uh, we went to Hawaii. I was six, five or six years old at the time. And I remember my first time being introduced to a midnight buffet. I was like, I can stay up. He's like, yeah, stay up. Trust me. And I walk into this room. There's like ice sculptures and cakes and fruit and like ice cream. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Why aren't we doing this at home every day? Um, also fun. Yeah. I'm going to send you a picture. You can post it with this, but it started our trend. Every time that me and my grandfather were on vacation, we would come back in matching clothes. So we have like matching Hawaiian shirts, hats, and shorts. Uh, pretty legit. Too legit, actually. But yeah. So uh, let's go over some sports championships. There was only two of the big three notable ones because there was a lockout in baseball. So they did not finish the 1994 season. Uh, the NFL 1994 season ended with the Niners beating the Chargers by a score of 49 to 26. Um, and in the NBA, the Houston Rockets beat the New York Knickerbockers 4 to 3. 
And then top fantasy performers. So this is a football podcast, first and foremost. So as we go through these years, we're kind of giving you who the top fantasy performers were. Again, a lot of us listening probably didn't play back then, but some people did. And some people were probably happy to have this first guy, Steve Young. He led all quarterbacks with uh, 3,900 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, just about 300 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns at wide receiver. Jerry Rice, so he had to throw the ball to somebody there in San Francisco, right? Jerry Rice had 112 catches, 1,500 yards, and 13 touchdowns, so that would be a phenomenal season even today. At running back, we had Emmett Smith, so 1,480 yards, 21 touchdowns, and then he also added 50 receptions for 341 and a touchdown uh, through the air. The tight end, Ben Coates, so a lot of guys know this dude, 96 receptions for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns, so phenomenal year. For a tight end, but those are your top fantasy performers for 1994. All right, well, that's 1994 for us. Where were you guys in 1994? Uh, feel free to hit us up on socials at 58 West King Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, um, or you can hit me up at, at Lumberjack Graham. Shoot us, uh, shoot us some of your favorite movies. Tell us you got it wrong. I can't believe you didn't say the True Lies was your favorite movie of 1994, <laughs> or your favorite. T- well, I don't know whatever bullshit you guys are watching. But <laughs> hey, you guys missed two movies that came out in 1994. Here they are. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to hit us back, clap at us, Facebook, wherever. You know, just you know, it's growing up with Matt, Tony, and friends. You are friends, so uh, please interact with us. Interact. All right. Before we wrap it up here, just want to point anyone listening to this over to our Champions Dynasty League podcast. That league consists of championship winners representing four separate leagues, several commissioners who know what they're doing, and the most mysterious and handsome podcast host the world has ever seen. I'm sure you agree with me, Matt. That's me. Anyways, we just did a massive Dynasty startup mock draft, so if you're just getting back into NFL news in preparation for the 2021 season, be sure to go over there and give that a listen. Yeah, some important things to know uh, if a team signs James Conner. And if you want to learn that, you could listen here or you could listen to Matt Kendall uh, learn it live while reading back his draft picks. And then disappear from the podcast altogether. I didn't even know he left. Yeah, that I was, was like, strange. I was like, I hear a lot of Nate tell me what happened to Matt. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get the video out there, but he walks up. He leaves He leaves the laptop open and you just see him walk up the stairs and just disappear for the rest of the podcast. Didn't even say bye. We need to give him some Blue Chew. <laughs> Code word Matt Kendall 20 at checkout for Blue Chew to keep uh, keep it hard and long. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Looking forward to the next few episodes as we begin to look at betting lines for 2021 and then, of course, the NFL draft results. And then that draft takes place April 29th, which is Thursday uh, through May 1st. So any closing thoughts, parting words, advice for our listeners, Matt? Um, nope. I think they got the gist of it. I think we're good. If the Eagles don't draft a wide receiver, I'm looking for a new team. Shoot me your recommendations. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Goodbye. Adios. I got a couple of hot takes. Um, Let's hear it. Bet open open invitation for a bet. Okay. Okay. So two things that I want to to put out there. One, I am a hundred percent sure J.K. Dobbins is going to have a better season than Cam Akers, and I'm willing to bet a truffle shuffle, recorded truffle shuffle. <laughs> Loser has to do the truffle shuffle. So if anybody <laughs> wants to take Cam Akers' side, they'll have to do the truffle shuffle, and we can post it everywhere. Okay. So. Nate will take that bet, and then he will also he will. fight you. On that take. I know he will.
and we can, you know, I, I don't want to debate it. We'll just let the season happen. And then my second okay. hot take is that uh, this one I'm not as sure of because the draft hasn't happened, but I am fairly confident in doing the research that I've done that Devontae Smith will have a better season than Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. Out of those top three receivers that are projected okay. to go in the top 15 picks, I think Devontae Smith is going to have the better, better productive year. Okay. I'd have to see landing spots, which we'll find out Thursday. It's, it's tough. Quick. It's tough. I'm hoping that Devonta, and that's me thinking that Devontae Smith might eke out to the Eagles at 12, which is not a great landing spot. There could be better places for him. <laughs> I still think he would outproduce. Anyway, yeah. yeah. 